Um, our next guest uh, has has a different look at um, at horses in general and, and and at the game itself. Um, he's put out a a, a, a couple years now a, a guide to the Kentucky Derby standpoint than than we're used to looking at uh, the race from a strictly kind of a, a numerical standpoint of past performances and times and things like that. Uh, joining us today is uh, is uh, my friend Kerry Thomas. Kerry, how are you? Chuck, how you doing, buddy? Thanks for having me on. Oh, anytime, my man. Um, they had the they, they, they've been messing with you a little bit there with you know with getting ready for the Derby and that they keep uh, dropping out and the new courses keep <laughs> keep emerging. Uh, I mean, you, we we are still working on the report because because of that very thing. You know, we we start this project. Pete and I we started this year April third. And we've worked every single day through the entire month, and we're still working to finish it as we speak. And, and yeah, I mean, there's, there's nothing like spending eight to ten hours on a horse profile, only to find out two days later they're they're out. And you... <laughs> yeah, I mean, they they, they were yeah. they were it was, it was like a uh, a turnstile. Horses were coming in, were coming out. Horses that weren't even on the Derby trail. Uh, are, yeah. are suddenly in the race horses that, that you know like no one had considered are suddenly in the race and Cotto River was out then he was back in now he's back out yeah. and <laughs> uh, yeah it's and then, uh, and then what and then what ends up happening is we we try not to do horses that per, could potentially be on the fence and then, then and then you kind of put put them aside and then next thing you know you're coming down to the to, to the actual deadline wire if you will and you got a whole bunch of horses backlogged so yeah that's <laughs> Par for the course. We had to see how our final stretch drive to get it done. Well, when do you think uh, the report's going to be out? You think it'll be out by uh, tomorrow or Thursday? It should be. It, yeah, we should have everything wrapped up this evening and sent in to to Briss, and then by the time you know, it takes a little time to get it formatted and get all all that stuff done. Um, I'm hoping that it's available not too late tomorrow. Uh, we got, uh, all the profiles are finished, so we are in the process of editing and coming up, you know, uh, the order. And, you know, this this year we're doing it in tiers of herd dynamic strength, you know, and probability of success. So we have tier one, tier two, tier three, and we're breaking the horses down in, in those. So we're we're getting close. So we'll have our stuff sent in by, by tonight for sure. Good, good. Now, uh, explain exactly what you're doing when you're profiling uh, each individual horse. Well, I mean, what we're looking for, Chuck, as you know, but we, we are looking for uh, the psychological aspects of the athlete. You know, what, you know, how how is this horse, or any particular horse for that matter, handling the the stress and the, and the do they have performance anxiety? You know, what what is the psychological ability? Because you know. There's two different athletes. There's the psychological athlete, and then there's the physical athlete. And ability and talent do not always come together in a single horse or, or, any, or a person or whatever you're talking about. And so that's what we're looking at. We're looking at the merger between the psychological ability and the physical talent and seeing where that, where that horse is at. You know, and, and that gives you their, herd, their overall herd dynamic uh, strength and positioning within their peers and, and in a particular race. So, you know, we're looking at psychological pace, you know, the, the, the mental spin cycle of a horse and how does that, how are they translating that and how is their expressing, I'm sorry, ex- expressing their athletic tendencies through their body. There's, there's a lot to it because 
you know, if it was just about the physical, it would be a much easier game, wouldn't it? I mean, you know, you could just do the physical nicks and breed and do all those things, and it would come out perfect every single time. Uh, but there's a little thing called a psychology that's involved here that is the uh, manager of that physical athlete. So that's what we're looking at. No, it's so true. I mean, when you think about it, um, how many times have you seen a basketball game where a guy's 85% foul shooter comes down at the end of the game and they're down one and, and, he, and he clunks two because the pressure got to him? Um, right. You know, it's, it's, uh, horses are, are um, you know, they're, they're aware of their surroundings. They have their uh, things that they like and they don't like as, as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it yeah. makes a lot of sense. And, and you've had, you guys have had a lot of success uh, with determining, um, you know, horses who are contenders and horses who are, who are pretenders. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and there's, I, I always say, there's, you know, horses, they're, they are, they're emotional. You know, as, as emotional athletes, they're, they're very much affected by their environment. So um, there's, there's a big difference between going out and looking good in a breeze by yourself or with a, a workmate that you're used to and getting into the situational chaos of a Kentucky Derby um, or, or any race. You know, I call it the choreography of combat. Because that's what it comes down to. And, and, you know, this year in my introduction, I talk about the race and, and looking at the race in three different phases from a psychological standpoint. And that's the beginning of the race, the phase one, you know, stage two, phase, stage three, and how, how each horse, you know, you, you have to look at how that breaks down from a mental standpoint. How are they handling the pre-race and in the gate and, and how are they – transitioning from standing still and having to deal with that and then going into motion and then the, the situational chaos. And then, you know, what do they have left? You know, is, is their mental and physical stamina enough to, to close the deal? So there's, there's lots of different components. And when we break it down, we're, we break down, you know, the, the horses and their races accordingly. Right, exactly. Um, this year there's a lot of horses that, that don't have much experience. Uh, has that hampered you? Uh, in your evaluation, some of these horses that just just literally have one race. Um... It, it, you know, last year was a, was a, a different challenge in the other way. You, you had to look at the horses who had more races than normal, and were they over the peak? And it's it's hard to judge that because we're not with the horses personally. You know, we're just looking at film. But when you're looking at some horses who just, I mean, there's several horses uh, in here that just have three races. Um, you know, and you have to ascertain where are they on their growth pattern, you know, and it is, it does hamper you in projecting a probability of success because it would be nice to have, it's always nice to have that one more race, you know, four to five races is, is really good to get a good feel for where the horse is at on their growth patterns. You, you can look at the three race horses and you can kind of get a trajectory of where, where they're trending. Um, and we, and we do actually, you know, we, one of those is going to be in our upper tier, <clears throat> um, a three-race a three horse will be in our first tier this year. Um, but, you know, that said, it, 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 is, it is a little bit of a – you have to look at things, I guess, with more focus on some of the details because you don't have the, the amount of races to look for patterns and how the horse is developing the patterns of motion. So you have to kind of cross-compare – what you can see with with each race, um, in my in as much minute detail as you can, but you, it is a little bit hampering in that regard. That is very true. Yeah, it's it's a very um, 
it's a it's a it's a field that's very very light on experience in, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, it's it's a it, to me, I, and I've harped on this plenty. Uh, it's really a a troubling trend. It's it's not a. I don't think it's beneficial for the horses. I, I really think that uh, for some reason people are afraid to race horses these days, and the experience really helps <laughs> yeah. them. You know, it's it's uh, you know not just from the physical standpoint of of just plain fitness, but just to be able to um, to be able to uh, you know get different kind of scenarios thrown at them. I think there's so many horses. Uh, you know, I had Doug Salvador on. We were on hell. We were on for an hour and a half, almost breaking down the field. You know, horse by horse by horse, and I can't tell you how many times we said the one thing is this horse is going to wind up in a scenario that's never been in, and and yeah, in a twenty horse race that that's going to happen to a significant yeah. amount. Yeah. But there's so many horses that have gotten soft leads, or the horses that have gotten clean trips that have have never been you know had any dirt kicked in their face, and now they're drawing down inside and they literally you know can't escape it. And um, you know I think that's you know what you guys do might be uh, um, helpful trying to you know find the horses that might be able to deal with that a little bit better than those that are, are just going to, uh, you know, fold up and, and every year, listen, yeah. every year, half the field gets beat 20 lengths. So, you know, yeah, yeah, 10 yeah. of them are going to probably, or, or more are going to do that. So, uh, you know, everybody, right. everybody likes their chances today, but, uh, you know, we know that's well, not, you know that, not going to that, happen. That's the beauty of the beauty of horse racing is, is everyone has hope right, right, right before they get to the wire <laughs> or right, right before the gate, the gate opens and the race develops. I mean, you have all that hope. But, you know, and, and it's true, and there's nothing, in, in my opinion, from a, especially from the psychological standpoint, there's, there's nothing more beneficial than experience. You know, you, you, a lot of, you, there's a lot of things that you cannot obviously mimic in, in, in the mornings, you know, in quote-unquote practice. You, there's, there's things in the race scenario that you can only experience while you're in that combat. And the more things you can experience, obviously you, you're going to – learn a lot about the horse. The horse is going to learn a lot about the environment that they're in and, and how to deal with that. And that's what I always say. You know, it's not about – I don't get caught up in quote-unquote race records because that can be very misleading. There's, there's all kinds of different things that can make a horse win or lose that are, are out of the horse's control per se. But so it's more evaluating these horses. It's not what their record is. You know, it's not what they did, but it's more how they did it because you, you can have – you know, there's certain situations where a horse finishes third, but actually, from a herd dynamic standpoint and the mental standpoint, uh, did the most work and was actually the strongest and, and had the most mental flexibility in that field. But for circumstances that they couldn't control, uh, they didn't get to the wire for whatever reason. And and you did, you have to look at that part because you know records can be deceiving. You know, it's it's, it's the same thing. You know, in the breeding shed, I always say. You got You can't just look at the at the record of the stallion or even the mayor for that matter, just for, at face value. You have to look at how they did it. Were they what, what kind of equipment were they wearing? You know, what were the circumstances that they were in and may have been in that, that got that record? You know, there, there's. It's like what they did carries forward um, more more so if you if you look at how they did it. You know. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, let me ask you one question. I don't want I don't want you to give away too many of the secrets because you guys are, uh, you know, you're you're a poor profit business, so you, you need to sell some some uh, some of your guides. Um, but the logical question every year about the every Derby because there's always 
a horse in this post position is is post position number one and known agenda. Um, you know, what's your feelings on his ability to handle a post one versus uh, you know one of the other eighteen or nineteen horses in the field? Well, you know, known agenda. Of course, he's got blinkers, and I, you know, and they did reposition the starting gate a little bit, so it's you know a little bit different. But for him being in the one, you know, honestly. I am not overly concerned about that from a, a mental standpoint. I mean, you know, I think there's going to be, you know, I think it's going to come out okay out of that gate. I, I'm not, I, that's not a deal breaker. I, I wouldn't make that a deal breaker in, in my opinion. I don't expect him to, to lay an egg out of that because of, because of the gate, you know what I mean? So, I mean, for him, you know, there, there, you'll have to if you get a chance to, to read the report. There's, it's a very interesting, it's a very interesting portfolio of information on known agenda. Um, we try to give as much really cool information about who the horses are and and how these things are likely to affect them. Um, but with him, you know, <clears throat> I I think there's some some issues on the oblique stimulus where he has to interpret, and sometimes the interpretation process is a little slower than the physical motion. Um, the blinkers, of course, are, are used to help off, offset that a little bit. Um, but I don't think it's going to be a, a real problem. He may come, he, he may come out in, with a little bit of hesitation before he gets before he gets it going. But I, I don't I don't look at that as as, as, as a deal breaker for him. That's for you know his pattern of motion. No, okay, yeah, he he. Um... I mean, listen, Chuck. These, these these horses are supposed to be "quote unquote" professionals. You know, technically, uh, in a, in a mile and a quarter race, it really shouldn't matter a, a whole heck of a lot where any court, good horse. If, if you're a good athlete, you know you can start from anywhere, and you're still going to be a good athlete. Right. Like you have time to navigate. There's going to be situations that you can't control, and yes, the gate position has something to do with that. But the bottom line is, listen, if you're a tough, if you're tough as nails. And you can handle the stress. Put me in anywhere. Just, just get me out there. I hear you, my man. I hear you. So, uh, you going to come down? You, you, you kind of floated that out after, uh, yeah, after the derby. Yeah, I, 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 a little I road trip. I'm, I'm thinking about a trip down to Florida, and you know, as you know, it's been a very difficult personal uh, last seven, seven to eight months for me. So, you know, I'm just trying to navigate some life changes with, with the passing of my significant other and uh, trying to get used to, I know you really can't get used to being by yourself, but you know, life is, is much different and I'm just trying to get, get myself, get my feet back under me and put my hat back on. And, you know, the Derby came at a, at a good time in, in a way because um, if it wasn't for being able to focus on these horses, I mean, I poured myself into it more so than probably any other year because of the emotional distress that I had been under. Um, so, you know, and, and I think once once this is wrapped up and, and you know, May gets here and, and my mom's still having some health issues, like get her straightened out. I'm thinking a road trip down to visit my man Chuck might be in order. Yeah, well, I'll be here. You know, I'll, I'll certainly be here. I, I keep threatening to, like, take a vacation, but it never actually happens. But uh, <laughs> I, I haven't right. had a, a mushroom Swiss burger in a long time now. Well, you know, you know that you know the mushroom Swiss is my is my go-to. <laughs> That's your specialty. As a matter of fact, I think it's the only thing I've ever seen you eat. 
and we probably had dinner <laughs> 10 times, 15 times. <laughs> I, I Right, right. I'm like, I probably had that every time. But you'll be happy to know that because we were so busy and today was deadline day, this morning I put a four-and-a-half-pound chuck roast in the crock pot. Nice. And that's, that's going to be my – we're finished the Derby Report celebration dinner. I'm hungry, man. <laughs> I, I was late today getting to the studio and uh, uh, procrastination central, but man, I, I'm I'm hungry. All I had was some peanuts, so I, I wish I was there to, to to share it with you. But uh, the the house the house smells. I I made I made a big one because I, that way I can eat leftovers for several days, and <laughs> the house just smells so good. Oh my uh, gosh. Well, now, now that you've made me about ready to pass out, um, tell everybody where, where they can uh, access the your report. Well, the, the, the Patterns of Motion, the THC Bloodstock Patterns of Motion will be available through Brisnet. And, and if you can't navigate Brisnet, uh, Brisnet's going to have us a link that I can, I'm going to post on social media or that, you know, Pete and I can email it to you or it'll, we'll, we'll link it on Twitter uh, to the Brisnet. So, uh, you can find me, Kerry Thomas, on Facebook and at Thomas Herding on Twitter. And you can find Pete, Pete Dank as well. Pete's not on Facebook, but he's on, on Twitter. So it'll be out there. And, you know, this is our 11th year, believe it or not. Wow, it's 11 years. That's crazy. 11th year. Yep, this is our 11th <sighs> year. And, and I never dreamt that we would, you know, it would grow each year in popularity, which is, for me, is very flattering. Because, you know, you do, you do something, you never know how it's going to – you do it because you love it. Um, and when, it, when people see that passion and they enjoy the information and you offer them a different angle. Uh, one of the things I'm most proud of, though, Chuck, over the years is that, you know, this view, this view of the horses is not just for handicapping. You know, this is, a, this is a fan-friendly, like, hey, I love horses. I want to learn about the horse. And you don't have to know how to read a, a form. Or play, you know, a, 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 any kind of a betting play um, to enjoy this report because it tells you, you know, it's kind of like looking on the back of a baseball card. You get, you know, where they have information about where the where the player went to school and, and you know where they live, things like that, favorite color, whatever. Like this is this is what this does for the horses, and, and I'm really proud of the fact that a good portion of our fan base, quote-unquote, that buys a report and, and enjoys our work are people who just love horses, and they've gotten interested in horse racing in a different way because of this report. So I'm, I'm really proud of that. Well, it's a good report. It's, uh, you guys got a proven track record of success, uh, both in picking out uh, bloodstock and uh, with your, your derby report. So um, and all the best, and uh, certainly enjoy the pot roast. And uh, give me a, a shout when you're headed down this way. Uh, We'll uh, we'll definitely I'll, I'll get a, a whole like dinner and lunch agenda set up for us. That, that would be great. All I need is mushroom and Swiss, man. Mushroom and Swiss <laughs> and some wings, and you know, I'll be good to go. <laughs> I'm telling you, we should do a coffee table book in the, in the, in the form of a mushroom <laughs> Swiss burger. <laughs> All right, that, Kerry. That, that, that's, the, that, that's the key to my heart. If you want, you want to take me out, just throw me a, a mushroom and Swiss in my uh, face, and we're, we're, we're going to be good friends. That's great. All right, thanks, Kerry. I appreciate it. Thanks, Chuck. Take care, buddy. All right, that's Kerry Thomas and him and his partner, Pete Denk. Um, put out this report, and they, they've been they've been pretty accurate, and and uh, they've they've thrown out some horses that uh, 
you know, it's not just throwing out hundred to one shots. They they've uh, eliminated some horses that people had had listed as contenders. So take a look at that uh, at um, at their website and on Briss. Um, we're having a special Thursday night edition of uh, Going in Circles. Uh, my man Barry and Jason are going to be joining me to uh, go over the cards on on both uh, Oaks Day and Derby Day. Uh, probably spend more time on Derby Day. Oaks Day's card, uh, there's three or four races that just don't look like they're great betting races. But, uh, you know, we're perused through the through the races and, and try to... Um, you know, give you guys some uh, something outside of just looking at the form. You know, so uh, anybody can just look at the form and interpret it. But um, we try to, you know, give you um, a, diff- a little bit of a different point of view and, and maybe uh, come up with some information on on the horses that's not readily available you know, anywhere else. And we're not going to give you betting tips. That's not what we do. We've talked about this a million times. Uh, you have to figure out your own bets. But um, you know, we will try to help you. Uh, you know, maybe scratch out some of the horses uh, who are going to be overbet, and you know, maybe come up with a couple long shots. So that's going to be Thursday, probably be out uh, sometime Thursday night, certainly by Friday morning for sure. Um, and we'll probably split it up into a, a two-part series where, where the Oaks and is, is covers one, and and Derby covers the other. Um, you know, I think Doug did a pretty good job of breaking down the Derby today. Um, certainly. Uh, the wide open race. Uh, the Oaks, I believe, is a little bit more wide open race than the morning line will have uh, have you believe. Uh, I think um, uh, there's a couple of horses in there who are pretty good prices who who I'm leaning towards. Uh, I don't think they're really that much um, below the 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 favorites. And uh, to me, the favorites are vulnerable in that race. And um, like I said before, it was a little bit of a disappointing card for uh, for Friday. Um, you know, to try to focus on fillies and Sometimes those Philly races just don't feel as, as good as the cult races for whatever reason. But um, uh, that's uh, the, the card on, on on Saturday is is uh, is really great. I mean, Ben Huffman and, and company did a did a great job. It's 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 uh, starts at ten thirty. Last race is eight o'clock at night, so it's it's a full day. But um, I, I do want to thank Doug Salvador for uh, for joining us and giving us. Uh, his uh his opinions and he even threw out a couple uh draft day tips um carrie thomas of course thomas uh hurting technique and him and his partner pete dank will have their the report out uh you know sounds like tomorrow and uh and we'll be uh we'll be talking to everyone else uh hopefully uh you caught us last night uh, barry and i talked about a lot of different things and crazy new york city otb stories and uh so uh, if you didn't catch that Going in circles, the Big Monday show with uh, my friend Barry Spears. Uh, that is out now. Um, wherever you uh, probably where you're listening to this podcast, um, but we'll be back uh, Thursday, and uh, uh, we we have a Going in Circles digest this week. It's it's a it's a gigantic one. Um, we're going to cover both the Oaks and the Derby. We have a, a whole lot of stuff uh, on there, and that'll be out hopefully Thursday as well um i'm working on it today tomorrow so um going in circles digest you can sign up you subscribe uh there's also going to be links on social media on our twitter account on facebook i'm sure barry will, 
we'll post it out there. So uh, click on it, check it out, uh, put your email down, and and get it delivered directly to your inbox for free every time we publish it. All right, thanks everybody. Thanks to Casey, and uh, good luck this weekend if you're playing. Why in the past decade has BRL Equine become the premier equine supplement company in the industry? Because we spend millions in research and development before we ever put out a product. Because we use only FDA supervised facilities to manufacture for us. Because what we say is in them is in them. Because they work. Because if you're not happy, I'll give you your money back. And because top trainers and veterinarians in thoroughbred racing, standard bread racing, three-day eventing, and barrel racing all trust in BRL Equine. Shouldn't you? To find out more how Flexify HA, Unlock, Bleeder Shield, and EPO Equine can help you, contact me, Joseph Volante, 215-501-6880. This is the Going in Circles podcast, hosted by horseman Chuck Simon. To become a sponsor, to suggest topics, or for questions, email goingincirclespodcast at gmail.com. And log on to our Facebook page, Going in Circles Podcast.